Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. A group of unsheltered people moved from Coburg's West Beach to a county-owned building at 600 William Street recently. While this may resolve some of the tensions between those living in tents and the public, it has created a challenge for Northumberland County officials. On today's show, you will hear how the county's administration and social services staff are responding to this new encampment located at the Ambulance Center and Economic Development Offices at the Old Craft Building. County CAO Jennifer Moore and Social Services Director Lisa Horn will explain in detail what is being done and what is unfolding at the site. I'm so pleased to have with me today the CAO of the County of Northumberland, Jennifer Moore, and the Director of Social Services, Lisa Horn. Welcome to you both to consider this Northumberland. Hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. I'd like to begin with an update. Can someone give me the current status with the individuals who were recently living at the West Beach in Coburg? Uh, well, actually, uh, the the folks that are in the, the West Beach encampment um, has been um, d- dismantled and, and they have moved um, to um, the part, well, part of the, part of the folks um, that were there have moved to um, the uh, county's 600 William Street um, property and set up an encampment there. And you said part of them, what happened? So when the encampment was located at the West Beach, we had regular uh, coordination of services from outreach uh, going on site and um, meeting with individuals who are seeking or were interested in services. So they were able to get a good sense of who was there um, and the numbers that were there. Uh, they were able to, uh, as the event moved on, move some folks through uh, into transition house or into the sheltering system or offering them some services. So as people relocated to the new uh, site at 600, uh, some people had uh, access services, so they're not necessarily there. Some people who had been at the beach, uh, maybe in solidarity, uh, returned to their homes and and locations that they were at. So we have seen um, more of a core group uh, of about 10, 10 individuals, 10 to 12 individuals now that are there, which is down from what was originally uh, located at the beach. All right, just so I'm clear, I I heard you say that there were 10 people who have moved from the West Beach up to the new location at 600 Williams Street. Down at the West Beach, when you were dealing with them, how many people were you working with at that time? Uh, I think the numbers really uh, fluctuated. It was really difficult for uh, staff to to pin that down. I think it was somewhere in the number of, you were seeing upwards of around 25 people. Not everybody was accessing services though, so they may have only been working specifically with a smaller number, but just from observations, uh, it appeared to be upwards of around 25. Now, Jennifer, um, why 600 William Street? 
that actually would be a, a question for the folks that chose to locate there. Um, this was not, um, this is not a site sanctioned by the county. Um, so they, they are not authorized to be on that property. Uh, so this was a decision by the, the group that have organized themselves within the encampment. Now, 600 William Street, though, it, there is a county-owned building on that property. Am I correct? Yes. The 600 William Street property is, um, a lot of people locally will know it as the former craft research building. The county has um, owned and operated that building for over a decade now. Um, located in that building, um, most notably, are the, the county uh, paramedic headquarters. Uh, we do have um, the Coburg uh, paramedic base, as well as our senior management and the community par paramedicine program operate out of that building, as well as uh, our economic development, tourism, land use planning, um, our facilities as staff, as well as communications are all located in that building and the Food for All warehouse operates out of there as well. So then if they've just moved there and that is your property, what is the status between the county and these individuals at this time? Um, there's been ongoing um, communication. Uh, so they're they're aware that this is not a permanent solution and that um, they weren't authorized to set, set up there. So there has been those conversations. Um, there is um, security on site to um, make sure that everyone uh, being staff, those in the encampment, those working uh, visitors to the site, that everyone remains safe and the site remains safe, um, as well as um, ensuring um, all of the operations are not disrupted because these are very essential services for the community. Uh, so we need to ensure that that they can continue. Um, so so that um, that communication, that observation is happening. So we're aware of um, folks coming and going from the site, other vehicles, visitors coming to the site, those sorts of things, um, as well as generally um, ensuring that um, any encampment activities are um, kept um, in, in a safe distance from vehicles. Uh, obviously, ambulances come and go 24 seven, um, staff are coming and going, all of those sorts of things. So keeping everybody safe. Um, is a priority. Um, there is services attending the site. So we know there's um, all the various agencies. Some of those are directly supported by the county. Others are nonprofit agencies. Um, they are also attending the site to offer support and services. And of course, the goal is to, to help them move, move along to a more stable um, housing situation. How long then is the county prepared to allow this to take place? How would you describe the status of these people at this moment? Um, they, 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 they have um, arrived on the site and, and they've, they've set up tents. Um, they're, they're in um, the back corner of the property that is a maintained lawn. Um, they, they are, um, that they, for, for all intents and purposes, they, they are there full time um, preparing their li living there um, in those tents. So they are there during the day and evenings. How long is the county prepared to allow this to occur? Uh, we don't have an exact timeline. We continue to work with them to help them ideally voluntarily move along. Lisa, Jennifer mentioned that there were some services taking place and there's various agencies working with these people. Can you describe what is taking place on that level with the group that is now located at 600 William Street? Absolutely. Um, I think... You know, I'll sort of start with uh, some of the work that's 
ongoing all the time. So we do have a homelessness system that is in place. And so really we're just continuing with the work that social services here at the county does all the time, as well as what agencies that we fund to do do on a regular basis. It's just more concentrated now because we have individuals who have now kind of come together in a group. Uh, we really approach um, uh, servicing individuals on an individual need. So everybody who, who is in that encampment may have a different story, a different want, a different ask. So we're really trying to understand what it is that individuals uh, particularly want or need if they are agreeing to meet with us to move forward. So that involves the homelessness uh, leadership table. So that is uh, members of a senior of all the senior sort of homelessness serving agencies that come together. So that's the EDs. They meet on a monthly basis. Uh, we are meeting or they are meeting a little bit more regularly now because they are here to support their staff. The homelessness um, community response table that you've heard us talk about that um, or get that group before that really is the frontline services going in. So it is all of those individuals going in, NHH, uh, working with Northumberland Hills Hospital, uh, Greenwood sits at that table, Salvation Army, the Help Center. So regularly they're meeting, they, they normally meet every two weeks, uh, that continues uh, to, to happen. They've had a couple additional meetings just to coordinate services better, uh, really wanting to get in and be able to talk to individuals uh, and build that trust that we can try and identify what is it that that individual wants to be able to move forward in that moment. Is there, Lisa, the capacity within the county and within the services that are being offered to help all the 10 individuals that are currently uh, encamped on William Street? Uh, what we're doing right now is really trying to understand the individual needs. Not everybody is um, accessing the services and not everybody necessarily wants the same thing. So the really important part is to kind of collect their stories and understand what it is. Are they looking for uh, access and capacity within the shelter? Do they have a different wish to go somewhere else through diversion? So once we have a, a fuller understanding of what that actually looks like, uh, we'll be able to do some planning uh, around whether or not we need to, to build some capacity. We know the, the system itself, uh, We've had a homelessness review that was recently uh, shared with recommendations. So we know there are medium, you know, short, medium and long-term goals here that we need to work towards. Uh, so there's always room uh, and opportunity, hopefully for uh, the, the system to, to, to grow and adapt. All right, uh, you said a lot there and it was all very important, but I guess what I'm really trying to get at is if somebody needs a space, there is an existing space open, that there are resources that if somebody says, I need to do this, those resources exist. I'm, I'm trying to get a sense and I want my audience to know what is available. Is there a sufficient capacity that if all these people said, I want this or I want this, if they choose to, there is, there is room somewhere, there is a service somewhere. There are the things available that they can move forward if, if they so choose. Within the sheltering system itself, so if you think about transition house and the uh, motel systems, there has been capacity to date. So there has been some, um, it's very fluid. So people always want us to pin it down to exactly there's a room every night. Uh, my feedback from transition house who monitor it very closely is they've had capacity. We are definitely working with them um, and with their, uh, their board to identify whether or not uh, we need to consider any expansion to that at this time.
And the partners that you're working with that are providing the services, have they indicated to the county at all that they're lacking services or that, that they don't have capacity to assist these people? At this time, again, uh, so if you think about uh, the street outreach workers, they're definitely working closely with them. They're the ones that maybe are connected to addictions and mental health uh, because they're through the Northumberland Hills Hospital. There are, we know there are wait lists for the longer term services, but there are is capacity or ability to, I haven't heard that there isn't capacity for any even short term sort of uh, supports if somebody needed that. Even just the fact that the outreach are going out there, they can be a short term support while somebody is waiting for maybe something more long term. Jennifer, the first response by the town was made on August 7th uh, to address the West Beach. But the county sent out a formal response on August 18th. What was going on prior to your public response between the 7th and the 18th? Uh, with regards to, to the West Beach, I think that that was, um, the, the county's response was largely through community and social services. Um, Lisa and her team coordinating with all of our community resources. Um, and as, as Lisa said, it, it's that ongoing outreach. This is work that is done um, all the time. Uh, when um, either of these encampments uh, formed, that was really concentrating the efforts and it was uh, folks going to that, that single location rather than um, prior to that, if they were going to multiple sites or, or meeting other folks where, where they were at at that moment in time. So uh, really the work that we were doing was very similar to what happens on an ongoing basis. Um, and, and that was uh, happening now. Uh, we did have a number of, of meetings um, with the town um, to ensure that um, the response that the steps that they were taking were coordinated with the services that the county uh, offers through community and social services uh, and the work that we do to coordinate the homelessness response system. Uh, so that, you know, those conversations were happening uh, behind, behind the scenes, um, but that is part of the ongoing work that our team does. I'm not clear exactly how how this unfolded because the town uh, and their press releases have said that there was some public complaints that were being made. They sent down bylaw enforcement officers to start to address the situation. I guess what I'm asking is, when did your people click into the to what was taking place that the town was res responding and were you given a, a direct phone call to say you know hi guys can you come down and help us out with what's going on here on the west beach with 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 the the west beach encampment we we were advised immediately um as soon as that that encampment was forming uh, we were aware i think it's um important to know the, the response uh, for each of our organizations uh, is slightly different because obviously the nature of the properties are different. Um, how those properties function and operate is quite different. Um, the, the legalities of how those properties function is quite different. Um, you, the, the role of bylaw um, was a big piece of the West Beach encampment because that was a public park area. Um, in the case of, of the current encampment, it is not um, enforceable through the, the, the town bylaws for parks and that sort of thing. So these are, are very different locations um, and, and how we, we can respond and what resources are used to respond are quite different. There was a press release uh, put out on August 18th and in it, it says that the county is working with mental health from the Northumberland Hills Hospital and with the Coburg Police uh, HARP unit. Um, 
Lisa, why these partners and what was the goal in, in partnering with those two organizations at that particular point? I think just to go back to the idea that none of this is new. I think it's something that happens all the time through the homelessness um homelessness coordinator response table. They're already partners at the table. So uh, members of uh, HARP are already there. NHH uh, outreach workers are already there. I think it was it was just a highlight that this work is happening. And maybe, you know, again, when you have a little bit of a, of a spike like this, it may be more intensive, the coordination that's required. It's, you know, it's a little bit out of the norm, but it, it's a regular partnership that goes on all of the time. Those conversations happen uh, every uh, every week, every time they meet, and they they happen offline all the time as well. Very coordinated in in uh, working together. When we're looking at a situation like this, Lisa, how do we measure success? When you're coming forward, there's you're in negotiating with people individually. Some people are accepting help, other people's are not. I noticed in the press release there was talk about food and social assistance and. You know, all these things are going on simultaneously. How do you look at a situation like that as it's unfolding and you've got the public responding, you've got the town responding? How do you, as a director of social services, look at something and go, okay, this is working, we're, we're making headway? And it's a really good question because there are so many um, multiple layers here as to what would measure of success with different lenses. I think when you're talking about social services, we're talking about it from the sector of social services. It's the opportunity where trust has been built that somebody will come forward uh, and speak about their situation on their own. And that's a success. We've had, you know, uh, examples of success where um, we weren't, uh, and this is feedback, I'm not on the ground. This is hearing back from the outreach workers where, you know, individuals have maybe been in a, in a location or have been at the encampment or other locations and come forward and suddenly say, you know what, I'd love to, to access service, but I don't have a phone. I don't have minutes on my phone or I haven't eaten today. So for us, sometimes those are the wins that lead to bigger conversations because some of these folks have been homeless for a long time. Uh, it takes a lot longer to, to provide those supports. So I would say anytime we can make a connection and build trust and know that somebody is safe uh, is a measure of success in social services world. You've mentioned this many, many times in our conversation today, Lisa, about dealing with individuals and their challenges. And um, I guess I've heard activists come forward before county council or when they're speaking and they say, they'll accuse the county of not dealing with people on an individual basis. Is this strategy anything new in the sense of like, when did you start taking this approach versus what has often been a criticism that, you know, this isn't what you guys normally do. Right. Okay. I, well, I think that's a really good uh, question and a, and a great opportunity. I would suggest that has always been um, foundational to the work we do. So, you know, when I think about delivering social services, Ontario Works, as an example, uh, providing outreach, it has always been about the individual and finding out what they need. Uh, so from those programs, it has always been about the individual. Collectively, I think we understand that housing is critical, supportive housing is critical, more mental health services are critical, uh, but we've always um, emphasized focusing on the individual needs and collecting those individual stories because it may take somebody a long uh, journey to get to housing or housing may not be what 
we think housing is for them. You know, what is the success for that individual? What is it that they they see as a success in their life? Um, so I don't I don't feel that we've changed our approach. I think we're just talking about it a lot more because it's become really um, a, a conversation, as you said. It's not this is the end goal because you know, end goal housing for everybody might not be it. It might be a version of it. Um, it might be small wins. It might be reconnecting with family members and staying with them. So it can look different for everybody. So I don't think that we've changed that approach. We're, I think we're just talking about it a little bit more. Well, that's really interesting because last summer when we were dealing with uh, people sleeping in the parks, county politicians were very adamant that, you know, people have to come to us. They have to come to the system. Um, and that the system doesn't go to them. And what you're telling me now sounds a lot different. Can you maybe explain how those two things fit together? Well, I think the system is the overall how people can access services. So if somebody comes into the system, um, they come into the shelter, as an example, that's part of the system. That is how people may enter into. So we might start by meeting with them uh, through outreach out, on, out in the community. And our goal is to try and move them to shelter. If we can move them into the sheltering, if that's what they want, uh, then again, it's these are the different paths that you can take once you're in the shelter. Diversion, it could be, like I say, reconnecting with a family member. Uh, maybe it's helping somebody look for employment. Uh, so I think the, the system is, is designed to cover a variety of ways in which people can connect to the services they want. Uh, but individually, we don't tell people what your path is. Okay, you're now in the shelter. You need to do this. You need to do this. It's more, you're here now. How can we help you? Here are the menu of things that, you, that we can be supporting you through. Um, where do we want to start? What are the what are the small wins that you need right now? And and I think well, also I that we have put some more financial resources. So we've been able to expand it somewhat. It's not that the philosophy has changed, but we've been able to um, fund um, some expanding resources. We've had some increases to provincial funding, and we've also contributed more local levy dollars. So we've been able to expand some of what we're offering. I think that that I think what I'm hearing that sounds a bit different is that you're in this experience, at least you're going out to them. You're going actually out to the encampment. You're going out. And, and Jennifer, I think if I heard you correctly earlier, you said, you know, we're going out to see people. And I guess I'm, I'm wondering, is that is that different or is that the same? So just to touch on that, we've, we, um, we have had outreach workers uh, regularly out in the community for the last uh, number of years. Uh, so, to Jennifer's point, what's probably um, maybe expanded is that we are uh, want to we want to increase that even through our homelessness review. Some of the recommendations was you know having more uh, of those resources out of the community. So the philosophy hasn't changed, but maybe the resourcing to allow us to do it more effectively has changed because of some increases in investments. Some people, Jennifer, might be wondering. Why is the county allowing this to take place? Why aren't you just stepping in and shutting this all down, clear the area and send these people on their way? Uh, I, I think that most folks, you know, understand that this is a very complex issue. And you know, as Lisa has said, the there's individuals. Um, and yes, um, it, it, it is not a, not a desirable location for folks to be living there. It, it creates a lot of complexities and we do hope that they will will move on. Uh, but we also understand that, uh, you know, as Lisa said, it's it's getting some support so that um, they can have 
um, some of the resources that they might need to move on and that will be different for all of all of the folks in in that encampment um, and over the last few days that that they have been there and even when they were down at the beach encampment uh, it is constantly doing that and, and as Lisa said we've seen the numbers decrease slightly so some folks have accepted um, the services that are available um, in a wide range of different types of services and and helping them to move on so um, it, it is Sometimes it's baby steps and, and small movements forward and it's small wins. Um, and the team is continuing to work on that. I find it interesting, and maybe some of the listeners would find it interesting that they picked 600 William Street, which is county property. Do you believe on any level or if there, has there been any indication that it was deliberate that they picked county lands as compared to a whole bunch of other places that they could have possibly gone. I, I, any of that would just be be speculation. Oh, we know we know there's cer certainly chatter and rumors, but um, there has not been any direct communication to to say why they why that was the the location they selected. Cobra Council has passed a bylaw authorizing the county chief administrative officer, that would be you, Jennifer, to exempt certain activities such as encampments from permitting requirements under the town's park use bylaws during an emergency. What does that mean to the county? Uh, to be quite frank, we don't know. <laughs> um, the, we, we were not um, part of the drafting of that bylaw, um, like uh, members of the public, uh, we did not find out about that proposed bylaw until just um, a couple hours before it was presented to town council. Uh, we have reviewed it um, in the draft form. We've not yet seen the final bylaw that was approved. Um, we're still waiting to, to receive that. So we're not really sure at this point what authorities they intended to uh, delegate. Um, as the, the person that received the delegated authorities, I have not had any direct conversation uh, with the town to understand what their intent was. Um, we, of course, have reviewed it um, legally. There is some, um, from the draft, um, our first read was that there's some problematic and conflicting language in there. Uh, so that, of course, needs to get sorted out uh, before we could even consider whether or not we, we would act on that. The intent, though, seems pretty clear that the town is anxious to shift these this issue to the county level. Why is that significant to you and to what's going on at the county in terms of addressing this these issues around homelessness and encampments like we've witnessed over the last little while? Uh, from a significance perspective, it, it really doesn't um, change anything. Uh, like Lisa has said, the services have been fairly consistent. Um, we have continually each year looked at um, more financial investment to expand those services as we've seen um, additional needs within the community. Uh, we know that this is a provincial and national challenge. This is not unique to, to Coburg or to Northumberland. Um, so those resources are things that every community is struggling to find adequate resources. Um, in every community, there are the service managers, of which the county is a service manager, um, and there are um, other um, member municipalities, separated cities. Um, you know, every, every community has a slightly different makeup of um, wh which municipality happens to be the service manager. In this case, um, Coburg, I think, is, is making a statement 
but the reality is we're all impacted uh, when there are homeless in our communities. Uh, folks are seeking places to, to live that may not be authorized places to live, and that will con continue to impact um, both the county and, and the town of Coburg. Um, I don't think this bylaw really is going to change um, how folks are trying to shelter themselves. Um, they're going to take the steps that, that they feel they need to take. We're going to continue to offer the outreach services that we can. Um, I, I don't think this has a, a significant change in, in what we're actually going to see in our community. Well, I just reflect back again to last year during the summer when a lot was taking place and uh, everybody was sitting around the table and there was all these promises of we're going to communicate and we're going to get along, we're going to work together. And if I'm hearing you correctly, um, this kind of came out of the blue uh, to you guys. So I, I guess when you reflect on that and what was promised, um, how do you feel that that reflects on the level of communication then between yourselves and the town? Well, we generally do work very well together and we do do talk regularly uh, across uh, a number of our departments, um, whether it be on the homelessness issue or any other operational issues. We we have a number of intermunicipal working groups. We talk regularly. I speak regularly with the CAO. Um, so it, these these are challenges and um, we we will work through them uh, like uh, I guess like sort of sort of like brothers and sisters. I, I guess we we have our we have our ups and downs and, and we will sort through them and and um, some, sometimes we're on the same page and sometimes we have differing opinions. So uh, we'll continue to work together the best we can. Lisa, one of the things that is new in the mix in dealing with uh, homelessness is something that we hear politicians and the public talking about called the Waterloo decision. Can you or maybe even Jennifer tell me what is this decision and what does it mean to the system here in the county? I, I, it, it's something that that we we all talk about, and and it's um, it, it is a a specific legal ruling um, that that was made um, in Waterloo, and uh, um, a, a lot of folks are are really um, they're they're pointing to that as um, a ruling that gives expanded um, rights to folks to shelter themselves uh, in a place of their choosing. There's a lot of a lot of content um, in the ruling. Um, it is one ruling, uh, and it's about a very individual situation. And I, I think that we need to be cautious about um, how that is applied to other situations that could have quite different um, specifics um, and details. Um, we also need to acknowledge that there will likely be over time. Um, other communities that may test that ruling because their situations are different. So um, I, I think a lot of people are pointing to it right now. It's it's one ruling about a very specific um, case. Uh, there were folks that were encamped um, in a, a vacant parking lot in Waterloo. There were um, significant uh, policies and procedures that the region was not, um, they had internally committed to and they were not able to meet those commitments. Um, there was questions about um, accessibility of the types of services that they were offered. Uh, and there's a lot of discussion in that ruling about uh, what is defined as truly uh, accessible uh, housing and sheltering options. So there, there's a lot in there. And uh, when we look at um, a number of different cases, uh, for example, uh, looking at 600 William Street, it's uh, an operating uh, paramedic emergency response base versus an unused parking lot. So, you know, that is a significant distinction just on that element alone. 
And I think if we were to look at this across the province in every situation, you would find a lot of differences and it would be up to those communities to decide how they would like to act and whether they feel that that ruling applies to them or if they would like to test it further in the courts. So there, there's there's a lot around that and it's very complex, uh, a complex ruling. When you look at the long list of agencies involved in monitoring this encampment and dealing with the various challenges, who is bearing all of these costs? Where's the money coming from and who's paying for what? Um, I'll start. So we do, as we've, we've talked about, we do receive um, every year when we we have our budgets, we do have levy investments, uh, significant levy investments. Uh, we also have uh, provincial investments as well uh, that uh, sort of form the budget with which we can then flow funding out to services. So there are uh, agencies that we work with that we're not funding, but they're part of our system planning. And there are some specific services that we do provide uh, support to uh, to um, to those to those groups uh, where we fund. So I would say it's kind of a combination of uh, county levy investments and support by our county council, as well as provincial investments that that flow through to the county. The the nonprofit sector. Um, often is a big contributor. And of course, that's through community donations and either funding or fundraising that they do as well. So it, it's, it also goes beyond what the funds are that we manage. In this kind of scenario, do you track the associated costs for this particular issue for this particular time frame, Or is it just all one big budget and it just gets spent or it doesn't get spent? How does that work? There, there, there's a lot of tracking for for everything <laughs> that, that we do. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, if, if we're speaking about 600, that's only been a, a few days now. So, um, you know, we we haven't we haven't actually um, started to 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 count the financial impact. But um, Lisa has a, a a budget that's very detailed uh, with many many line items, and and that is tracked. Um, on a monthly um, basis. And of course, annually, there are reports and things that go forward to summarize all of that. So there, there is a, a lot of data that that speaks to how those funds are, are distributed. So do we have any idea at all about uh, costs associated in dealing with the West Beach and now with uh, 600 William? Is there any idea of what's that's cost the county so far? Uh, West Beach, there, there is... Um, there, there will be minimal um, financial cost, as Lisa said, the outreach workers and all those types of services are part of our annual base budget for the, the homelessness response work that we do. Um, most of the costs um, would have been borne by the town um, with respect to cleanup and, and those sorts of things or their bylaw enforcement costs um, for, for the 600 William location. Um, we we're in very early days, so we we don't have any any dollar figures yet. Um, as I said, the only thing that we've done in in addition at this point would be having the security on site to ensure everyone's safety. The West Beach, as you identified at the beginning of our conversation, was a unique coming together of a group of people in a particular location and has raised a series of challenges and successes. Lisa, if you were to look at this, at this point, are there any takeaways? I think uh, to Jennifer's point, on, on the one hand, it's still um, early days. I think what's also interesting as, I, as I'm reflecting is um, just 
what we know already is happening, which is some really good work with all of the nonprofit agencies. Uh, I think what I'm really proud about is the fact that um, a lot of these conversations, these table, each uh, court has been together for a long time. Uh, and so I think what I, you know, I really just want to continue that and build that that collaboration with our nonprofit sectors that deliver homelessness service as well as what we're doing. And so, you know, my biggest takeaway is just to keep building on that. We have some terrific partnerships, some really good collaboration um, that has allowed us to pivot very quickly as we need to, uh, and a lot of support to do that. So that's um, just something we continue to build on. And, and I'm sure as we move forward, we'll begin to identify, you know, maybe gaps or other things that we can be doing better. But the, the foundation of some of those conversations that have been happening ongoing and expectations of each other has has been, been building for a number of years now. So I think this was uh, something I'm really proud um, with when I look at that team. Jennifer, how about you? I think absolutely, you know, Lisa's spoken to some of the the more direct um, impacts and in, in, in learnings. I, I think maybe I'll, I'll speak on a little higher level that um, this really is, has been an opportunity for public education uh, and understanding of some of the challenges in our community. Uh, we're really seeing more and more that um, our, our small town is not not immune to to these these issues, that this is a very uh, broad issue. Um, you know, we've seen it in big cities for a long time. It 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 really is everywhere, and and that there's there's probably a lot more education and understanding about the root causes and and how we're getting to this. You know, really this the response work that we're doing um, is at at the end. Um, we we really need um, to get some more focus on on how folks are getting to this situation. Uh, when we look at Funding for some of our support programs. We've had a number of conversations about Ontario Works. Um, folks can't um, can't afford their housing on the current Ontario Works funding. Um, we know that you know the the mental health supports and and you know once once folks are in an encampment or or living rough, um, they, they have very complex issues, very high acuity needs. Um, how do we get folks assistance much earlier? before it gets to this point. And, and unfortunately, many of those things are um, outside of, of the county as, as a service delivery partner for social services and homeless response. And they start um, much more earlier uh, in, in the, the process and, and getting those both both mental and physical health uh, needs met, um, some of the basic needs that, that folks have in our community so we don't see them um, getting to this point. And, and that public education understanding um, and how do we look at the further upstream systems uh, I, I think is, is really some of the bigger takeaways that we need to be considering. Lisa Horn, Jennifer Moore, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you. Always a pleasure. That was Northumberland County CAO Jennifer Moore and Social Services Director Lisa Horn. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this.
Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.